0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Up Podcast. We have with us to—I think we do pretty much every major recap podcast. Um, basically, just turns into a traditional giggle fest uh, from C- from CBS Sports. Kyle Porter, Kyle, you were at Oakmont this week. Um, I feel like every tournament you end up going to ages you about like six years. Like, did you come home and were your kids like all grown up, or like what? How did you survive last week?
1: My, yeah I got home and my kids were like daddy why is your hair gray now <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've gone to I was thinking about this on my on my flight home I've gone to some epic tournaments I, I mean and maybe not maybe tournaments is a bad word but just the finishes that I've that I've gotten to see have been just unbelievable from uh, DJ last year at, at Chambers Bay to speeds meltdown at augusta I mean I, I don't go to that many events and the one the ones that I've gone to have been have been really great. So yeah, it, it was uh Omont was a lot of fun and Sunday was one of the more bizarre uh experiences of my uh career covering golf.
0: Yeah, I wanna hear um and just for the listeners that did listen yesterday, mm-hmm. um I did a recap podcast with Tron from No Laying Up as well who um, Kyle hasn't listened to that, and there may be some overlap on some topics discussed, which is totally fine. I'm not going to even apologize for that. So, is uh, is
1: Tron okay? By the way, like, have we? Do we? Has he slept since DJ hoisted the trophy? I
0: don't think so. Probably not. I think he's leading a parade still around Boston, waiting for somebody to join <laughs> in with him But um, <laughs> uh, we, I, I uh, so I went to the memorial a couple weeks ago and spent all my time out on the course. I didn't really spend any time in the media center. Um And the thing I, I always knew this From my time Going to tournaments And the thing I uh, Wanted to ask about Is when, when I was out there My perspective On the actual Tournament going on Was completely lost Like I was I was just follow, It was a Friday I was just following The threesome um, I look up the scoreboard Like Kuchar was 12 under I just had no idea Like who was winning The tournament You were out there Following the leaders On the back nine On Sunday Did, Or were you following DJ's group Or the final group Or, or a combination I was with DJ. Okay, you were DJ. Did you have a full appreciation or full understanding of what all was going on out there? I mean, I guess how do you how do you do that when you're out on the course yet you're covering the event and not not uh, viewing it from a fan's perspective?
1: Yeah, it is harder. And I think that's what it- you know it's it's really interesting because i think that's what people don't totally understand it's it's the only sport where um if you're at it it's harder to cover yeah. like if you're actually out on the grounds and and i think the you know one of the things is a lot of people end up staying in the media center we 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 are lucky at cbs because we have um sort of people doing both like uh, Robbie robby calland is a guy that i work with and he writes about college football and then he does golf whenever there's Uh, bigger tournaments or i have off days or whatever and so he does a great job running our live blog and 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 catching you know one-off stuff like big cat coming in hot on on twitter and whatever um and so i'm able to they're able to send me out and say hey we think this is probably going to be the story so go follow this guy or this group and 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 if it's not then we can we you know we'll kind of text back and forth and say hey maybe maybe this is a story so go chase them down so it's it's stressful in that you want to be with whatever the story is and if you're on if you're doing tv that's easy you just shoot it over to a camera but if you're on the ground it gets kind of difficult because if somebody's on the back night like i had to run over to, to kepka and see what he was doing when we sh- thought he was going to shoot 62 so it, it's definitely a lot of texting back and forth and, and following on twitter and, and just trying to figure out what's going on
0: do they let you inside the ropes for the major for uh for the us open
1: yeah they did it at this year's us open last year uh, there was only like I don't know 20 uh, inside the ropes passes because chambers Bay was like they didn't they 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 figured it was an artifact like the moon and so they wanted to preserve <laughs> like like as much of it as possible but this year yeah there was there was a ton of people inside the ropes. It actually looked like DJ coming up 18 looked like Francis We met from like 1913. <laughs> there were so many people in there.
0: Walking in the fair. I did see that. It looked like, I was like, there is still a group behind them. I know if is going to like cut away from not show the final group coming up probably, but. Yeah, I think
1: out- Maria, I think uh, Jose Maria Althabo was really upset about that
0: actually. <laughs> people out there stepping in uh, Shane Lowry's line, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um uh, so I think you 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 uh first of all I I loved going back to uh the masters you were out following Spieth during and you were on 12 <laughs> when it happened and uh my favorite se- sequence of tweets maybe ever was Adam Stanley t- tweets he says you know Kyle Porter's out there uh, he's following the Spieth group can't wait to see what he has to say when he comes back in cuz obviously at Augusta you can't tweet while you're out there And you obviously weren't in communication with him. You tweeted less than like two seconds after he tweeted that. Your tweet just says, I have seen unspeakable things. (laughs) To see that back-to-back was a a rare rare, uh, comedic relief for that horrible day. But um, you you said a few things about how uh, the buzz out there was just bizarre. And I've read a few things you've written about and tweeted about, but I want to hear you just kind of talk about – what what it was like out on the course because it was uh, when this bizarre ruling and not really ruling was going on. Technology is so good these days; people are getting updates on their phone and understood what was going on. Whereas in the past, they might not have. But it just like kind of dominated the entire event, even in person.
1: Yeah, well, I, I walked up. Uh, I saw that a bunch of uh, men in short sleeve white oxfords were. Um, talking to DJ on the 12th tee and, and my, my first thought was that it was about number five yeah. and, um, but then I thought, i ah, that can't, that can't be what it's about. Like that was, they, cause, cause I was with him when he talked to the rules official then and it looked like they just kind of put it to bed and that was, that was it. And so I tried to run up there and see what they were talking about and everything, and and then it got it was weird and like everybody was just acting strange on the T box, and then Curtis Strange ran up to one of the officials that was walking with the group, and he asked what had happened, and they wouldn't tell him, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, that'd be nice for the broadcast, but whatever, <laughs> and then he.
0: <laughs> I've only won two of these things. Yeah, don't bother and, telling. Don't be giving me an update.
1: And then he walked away. So that that was actually kind of funny and then it was it was interesting because to my understanding um, the Fox people didn't know if people on the course knew about it is that true
0: um, they were kind of well so what they did is if I remembering this right I might be I might be misremembering this because I was really upset um, they brought in a guy into the booth who hadn't talked to anybody yet so then they asked him about it <laughs> and he's like I don't I don't know I haven't talked to anyone like, he didn't have an update on it yet. <laughs> um, By the way,
1: if I'm a USGA official, I would have just said that for, the, like, the next two days. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody.
0: You would have pulled a Mike Davis. What happened to Mike Davis? Did he go into the witness protection program? I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that follows uh, falls under his job description at all. I really have no idea. But uh, he's kind of the face of that organization. Where was he? Like, nowhere to be found.
1: He ejected. Oh. Um, <laughs> But then you could you could see it on or you could you could hear it unfold. I'm walking like uh, on the ropes with with DJ's group still, and and you could hear people talking about it. And and the way they they figured it out is because everybody's got their phone out there, but also they have these um, earpieces, these these radio earpieces. Okay. And so they had the uh, the radio broadcast or maybe the Fox broadcast on their earpiece, uh, and they they were figuring out and understanding what was going on. And then they started like yelling and booing and like it, it was it so for a couple of holes it got weird because nobody really knew and then they were it, it seemed like everybody was like buried in their phones trying to figure it out and then after that um people were, were losing it and it really galvanized everybody around dj which i thought was really interesting they they it, it felt like they were trying to carry him home more than they would have been otherwise
0: yeah, I think it helped for DJ's sake that he was the biggest name on the leaderboard and probably the most popular player in that um, people were probably already rooting for him in general. I think if if you're at a, at a U.S. Open especially, our, the U.S.'s national championship, you're the lead American in the field. I know Sergio's got plenty of fans out there, but he's also got plenty of haters. If it comes down to DJ versus Shane Lowry, DJ's going to pull, be pulling the gallery in his direction to begin with. With this yeah. happening on top of it, it was just like, "All right, like we've seen enough of this heartbreak for DJ. This can't be the way this one happens." Like, yeah, um, yeah. like Alan Shipnick tweeted, "It was a good when he said like, of course it's DJ. Like, of course yeah. this wouldn't happen to anyone else ever.'" <laughs> like, um,
1: and, yeah, I, and, well, and and I wrote, I, I said that nothing, and I think this is like kind of humorously true but like nothing lubricates a, a United States open crowd like a like a questionable rules call like they, like people just get like they're just anti-authoritarian and just so just angry like it was it was actually pretty funny to watch <laughs> um,
0: I know you, you and I are on the same like group chat and we've uh, been having discussions about what happened um, Yeah. first of all do you are you of the opinion that DJ's actions caused that ball to move I am Wow. Okay. I feel like you guys are starting to pop up one by one. Like I didn't, I didn't hear a lot of this on Sunday or even, or even on Monday. And I feel like I'm seeing a few people on Twitter be like, "Yeah, you know what? I think it moved." They're being very careful because they know they're going against the mob within this. Uh, but I, 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 what is your? I guess what's your? Put on your Bryson and cap and uh, try to explain, explain to me the physics of how you think it moved.
1: Well, so just being on the greens, I think the easiest explanation is if you um, if you ground your club anywhere on those greens, and, and, and with the way with, with how slick they were, and, and how I mean, just how precarious they were. With I mean, I, I, we're we'll talking about this in a minute, but I played the course on Monday, and if you were up on a ridge you were running up there to mark your ball because you, you didn't want it to, you know, you didn't want a one mile an hour gust to come through to, to blow it or or whatever. And so any little thing, um, I think causes would have caused your ball to move. And so him grounding his club next to the ball, I don't like people get all up in arms about, well, he didn't ground his club behind it. So it wouldn't have caused that. I, I don't really think that matters. I think he touched the earth with his putter I think we can all agree on that yeah. and it was close enough that I think it could have caused it to move I, I, I'm not saying that like I'm 100 percent sure about that I'm, that's just my opinion right. that he caused it to move
0: no I understand that um you're entitled to have opinion. You you can be as wrong as you want about it. Um, is this going to
1: be like the uh, Shane Ryan podcast with Ricky taking taking driver on on uh, seventeen at uh, at the Phoenix Open?
0: <laughs> Just going to go back and forth for twenty five minutes on it. I
1: haven't I haven't uh, heard Shane Ryan on a
0: podcast since. So I know, well. man. I, I I sent him an email the other day, being like, "Dude, we missed the friends of Tiger." And man, I mean, yeah. like no, the golf podcast game is a little bit saturated these days, but. Uh, yeah well
1: there's no good golf podcast
0: out there yeah there's none <laughs> um, no I think it the people that say that they think it he moved it i'm I don't think it's crazy to think that um, i do, I just don't think that tapping the ground next to the ball all right let's let's say the, the to make that ball move by tapping the ground next to it there has to be something. Else in play that is covering like the remaining 90% of why that ball moved. Okay? So that ball could not have been sitting on a perfectly flat piece of grass. Him barely tap. I mean, DJ grips the putter so soft. He, everything he does in his putting motion is very slow, very soft. There's nothing forceful about it. He's not twirling his club near the ball or anything like that. For him to, to to think that that his action of barely tapping the ground moved the ball, it already had to be sitting on some kind of imperfection, right? We know the greens were rolling at like a fourteen point eight stamp or whatever on Sunday. There's poa in, there's poa in the greens to begin with. They're uneven um, a little bit. I mean, that they, I think they rolled very smooth, but there is poa involved in that. There's pitch marks all over the place. There's been seventy. You know, guys have been going through this hole for four days, including practice rounds. There's going to be spike marks all over the place. There's going to be imperfections in the green and there's a little bit of wind and there's huge slopes in those greens. I don't think that just tapping the ground next to the ball is going to cause it to move. Maybe, maybe that was the trigger point, but the overriding factor in that is that there's had to be some kind of impression on the green that caused it to move. And the fact that the players, the players just don't mess around with this kind of stuff. When they're in doubt, they t- they call a penalty on themselves and uh, the fact that Lee Westwood was just riding for DJ so hard, I was just I, and, and, and listen to DJ talk about it and even what he said during the round. He's like, I'm not even concerned at all. Like I didn't make it move. The, those guys know when they're in, they're in control of their ball. They know that when they've done something to mess up. Um, that I, I just have faith in the players to be able to judge that on their own and to put under that video scrutiny and to interject themselves after the rules official step like came in on the on that issue. And ruled that he did not, that it was not a penalty. In the USGA rules, that is supposed to be the final rule. I don't get how they got to the conclusion that it should have been a penalty. And I didn't ask you that yet, whether or not you think it, do you think it was appropriate for him to have been penalized? No. Okay.
1: Because I'm with you. If the biggest issue I had with everything, well, I have one even bigger issue, but the biggest issue I had specifically with this US Open is that DJ the rules official and Lee Westwood went over and talked about it. I, w- I watched it happen like he called the rules official over and they talked about it and that should have been it like it, it, and uh, somebody Ben Crane brought this up on Twitter actually he said you can't say that golf is like a game of honor and then and then blatantly accuse someone of basically lying i mean that's basically what they're saying is like when when they say you don't you don't understand what you did or you don't know, you're basically saying like we don't believe you. Yeah. And that's a total that's a that's a very I feel like unfair um, thing to accuse someone of on a Sunday at the U.S. Open. Um, but that, that can be a bigger conversation, but j- I don't know. Like that that was that was sort of my issue specifically with this. But do you want to talk about my bigger issue?
0: I, obviously, yeah.
1: My bigger issue is that I feel like we're burying the lead here, and the the lead is that it's completely absurd that we're even that we're even arguing about this. Like whether he caused it to move or not, he, he was not purposely trying to improve his lot. Right. Like 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 what like why is the USGA rulebook? I and I ask this at least once a year. Why is the USGA rulebook like five hundred pages long? Like it, it should it. Like, we, we need to use some common sense here. And I would actually say the same thing, and I, I just wrote a column about this, about uh, Shane Lowry on Saturday. Yeah. He caused his ball to move, took a penalty. Like, that that's silly. Like you, like you said, you're playing on a 15-stimp, and you have to be careful about not causing your ball to move. Like, that's just, that's ridiculous. But then the, other, the flip side of that is that I don't think DJ, based on this new rules system that I'm inventing on this podcast right now <laughs> – I don't think that DJ should have been allowed to take a drop on 10 out of the rough because whether that structure is there or not, like you hit a bad shot and you shouldn't get to improve your lie just because of structure is there. You you should you should still have to hit out of the rough just in a different spot. I, I just I think the whole thing just gets. You just have to keep making rule after rule after rule to clarify all the other rules and and it, you kind of twist yourself in knots in doing so.
0: Yeah, it's like the tax code basically. I mean they just yeah, they, don't, they, it don't, is. they don't take anything away. Um, you can just and and yeah, you can always find uh, God, this joke would work so much better if this happened to Phil, but you can always find Phil will find a way to find a loophole in the system. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sidetrack, barring what you say though, I had no problem at all. With the drop from the on the rough on ten, mostly because I was rooting for DJ, I think.
1: No, I, I didn't either, and I and I think that he applied that rule correct. I, I he didn't do anything wrong, right? No, like no. How, all that was was perfectly fine. I'm just saying. Got generally, I think it's a I think it's a silly rule. I think both of those rules are silly, and one would have affected him positively, and the other negatively.
0: Yeah, it's definitely silly that um, we th- this game is so unbelievably hard. And even if it's by accident that somebody makes their ball move on a green, if it's in play, if it's like, if it's in the fairway or in the rough and you're grounding your club or something and causing it to move and it may change your lie, that makes more sense to me to be penalized rather than on the green, you can, it's going to roll such a minimal amount when it does move. You can easily replace the ball and there's zero damage. It's different when you're playing from the fairway and you can't mark the ball or whatever. That, um, that that I could see that making sense to be penalized there, but on the green it j- it makes absolutely no sense. Even if the player did cause it, it's not intentional, and they're not making a stroke at the ball. It's the same way like when right. when us amateurs like accidentally tap the ball, the driver, the ball off the tee on the driver, it doesn't count as a stroke. It's it's in, you can put it back on a marker on a tee in this case, and Actually. We, yeah.
1: That that actually doesn't count uh, in pro events either. I don't believe.
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying though. Is like it, because you can put it on a tee, right? That's the ruling that right. um, you're allowed to replace it. Same with on the green, you're allowed to put a mark down and clean your ball and then replace your ball. It, it should be you should be able to move the ball back. To, there's no there's no lies on the green, right? It's all it's the green. It's supposed to be a true surface. So yeah. Um, well,
1: and 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 that's the thing. Like, are, are you telling me that? At some point this week, somebody didn't move their ball, on, uh, just replace their ball where their marker was, and it, it, it was in a millimeter different yeah. spot in the same way that DJ's ball. I mean, it, the, whole, the whole thing is just it, – it's absurd. It, it really is, and and it's unfortunate that it turned into a discussion about like the uh, – as was said in the uh, hotel bar afterwards, why am I talking about the preponderance of evidence on a Sunday <laughs> night at the U.S. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why yeah, Why is golf not a more popular sport? I really don't understand it. Come on, this is fascinating stuff. Yeah,
1: that was, it was really funny. Uh, all
0: right, well, on that, on that note, uh, let's deter away from the ruling of it. Um, how do you describe watching DJ hit Driver in person?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, the drive he hit on 18 was... That was just, I mean, I think somebody said this on Twitter, it might have been you, it was such a moment, yeah. like, he, he, and, and his drives all week, I, I don't know if he's always done this, somebody was telling me he used to hit more of a, uh, of a draw, but he was hitting just this power fade that was like, I mean, he, and, and I say the same about Rory McElroy. he is more accurate with his driver than most guys, maybe including him, are with their wedges, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was really unbelievable, and and to play that course on Monday and see how accurate you had to be off the tee. If if you're if you're not accurate off the tee, you're making bogey, double bogey. I mean, you just you can't you can't do anything else. And so, um, it, it was it was really just so fun to, to watch him. There was a great uh, he was playing with Sergio on was it Saturday afternoon?
0: I think. Uh yes
1: yeah third third round they were yep. in a threesome yep. and. Sergio's caddy turned around to me and a couple other people, one of the writers that he knew, and said, "I've never seen anybody this far and this this accurate off the tee." And I thought he was talking about Sergio. I, I thought he was like pumping up his dude, and he was talking about DJ. Oh God! <laughs> and so it's 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 crazy to see other world class players, caddies, whoever, just so in awe of what of what Dustin Johnson does off the tee.
0: And I think uh you and I have probably discussed in the past i'm 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 kind of a stats nerd when it comes to golf and as a user of statistics I'm not good at like making my own or analyzing stuff that like something like Jake Nichols does but um big fan of Mark Brody, all the strokes gained stuff and uh read his book every shot counts and it changed the way I view the game and that I used to always think that my putting was costing me so many strokes and that I was a terrible yeah. putter because I missed so many eight foot par putts until I realized. PGA Tour pros make an eight-foot putt fifty percent of the time, and right. the true difference in the game is ball striking. And the uh, the there's still an old guard of people that refuse to admit that they still want to say, yeah, still want to say putt for dough, uh, drive for show, putt for dough. Um, no, because D- Justin Don- D- Dustin Johnson just put forth one of the best driving performances I've ever seen in a major championship, and he won one point eight million dollars because of it. He won that yeah. tournament with his driver. He was in in a spot where he basically couldn't go wrong. He's hitting flip wedges into these par fours. He didn't have a great wedge week, to be honest. I mean, you, uh, uh, past past Friday, I would say he wasn't dialed in with his wedges. Um, he, people rip on his putting, but the guy's not a bad putter at all. It's a really bad yeah. narrative. Um, yeah, I went and looked up. I think maybe two years, maybe three years in the last nine. He's had negative strokes gain putting aside from that he's almost always st- uh, positive strokes gain putting I meaning he's better than average putter um, it, 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 he was just a, it's just a microcosm of the modern game and that if you can drive it to these spots that no one else can reach you are in the you're hitting wedges into these holes and you can't really screw it up that much and oh man it was uh, and Tron made the point or I forget who made the point um, I know I've talked about it with you know we've all talked about when when Jason Day bombs the ball, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel normal. But when DJ does it, it seems like the coolest thing in the world. Well,
1: and, and the reason for that is the way he his swing is so unique, yeah. and, and it's been talked about it a, a ton. But just the way he cocks his wrists, like at at the top of his backswing, it just it just looks so badass. Like it just looks awesome, you know. Yeah. And he had he had the uh, I forgot who described him as this. It might have been you, but he had the. Uh, the rapper strut going, um, like on, after he made the par putt on 16, he was, he was strutting pretty hard to 17. Rory would have been proud of him. Um, <laughs> and then to 18 and, and down 18, it, he's just a cool dude to watch. I, I mean, he really is. And, and I agree with you about the ball striking. I want to say the, uh, whoever was first in approach shots actually was one of the guys tied for second. It was Jim Furick. He, he finished first, yep in approach shots strokes gained on the week and he tied for second so yeah get out of here with with your um, with your strokes gained, putting wins tournament stuff i mean and and, and that's the thing like the, the the evidence that people have of that like spieth will hit like a 30 footer yeah and somebody will tweet see that's how you win golf tournaments and it's like well let's wait until like all 72 holes have been played and see who won the tournament and see who's number one in strokes gained off the tee and and with their approach shots
0: yeah, um, I'm, I just pulled up the Mark Brody tweet on it. I think it only the rankings here only include those that made the cut <clears throat> in it. But Sergio D, was DJ
1: DJ so, finished like thirtieth in putting.
0: I think thirtieth in putting. I, I, but again, I'm assuming that only means made the cut, right? So the top yeah, sixty yeah. in ties or whatever, right? Uh, because no one on this list is below sixty two in any ranking. But Sergio was sixty second in approach shots this week. Yeah. So in, yeah. Basically, he was he was fifth in uh, strokes gained off the tee. But he so does, he gained one point two strokes off the tee per round. Sergio did, D, and he was fifth. DJ two point four per round, double to, to be yeah. first in strokes gained off the tee. I mean, he just oh man, that was just an absolute exhibition. Um, like Furyk was sixtieth, he was like la- almost last in tra- strokes gained off the tee and finished tied for second because yeah, his approach game was very good, his short game was good, and his putting was good, but. Um, oh, when,
1: when- when we played the course, when we teed off on Monday, uh, this guy that worked for the for the club came out there and was introducing himself and just telling us, you know, don't slow anybody down. And we actually ended up playing from the Sunday tees because we were, we're like, hey, if we're going to do this, let's do it like they did on Sunday, see how hard it is. And he was telling us what the line was off the first tee. He said, yeah, this is the line you take. Um, this is where it'll end up. And then he goes... <laughs> or you can take the DJ line which is which is over here and he pointed like a, to just an absurd spot that the DJ took and I turned around and said hey uh where's the Andrew Landry line because I think that's the one I should be taking
0: <laughs> That's one of the questions I need to ask you is what what do I do with all this Andrew Landry stock that I bought like what am I do what do I do with this stuff Right <laughs> well, you- you, you save
1: it for uh, for the next U.S. Open. I mean, he he even admitted that, like, he was like, "I'm basically never going to win the the John Deere because I don't make birdies."
0: And <laughs> I was such like, a "Well, weird uh, mindset, yeah."
1: What are we going to do with that? Because you can't just play the U.S. Open every year.
0: That that's where I I, I don't know um, I don't think that players' game. Somebody like Rory, I do think is his game is not that well suited for a U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, but in general I don't think I don't think Andrew Landry's logic is very good at all because uh you just have to be really good at golf to succeed at the US open and yeah, you don't make as many birdies, but that doesn't mean uh there's no like real big differentiator in how you would play a John Deere course versus like a US Open. You know what I mean? It's like the par <laughs> is different, the yardages are different, the reception yeah. is different, like he's if he's good at golf he can go out and shoot 63 at TPC Deer Run and, and, and like it's not like he's incapable of that so i didn't understand that logic at all but i mean help give him confidence for the week and you got to you got to hand it to him I maybe i made several jokes at his expense uh, <laughs> Which is, always, is what I'm gonna do. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna apologize you, for that. But
1: did you think it was gonna? Did you think it would have been the biggest uh, like upset, so to speak, in, in major history?
0: Yeah, I actually thought there was like not a lot enough attention being paid to it. Like here is like a true no name that was in the final pairing on Sunday at the U.S. Open, um, and yeah, I, 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 I was not confident that it was ever gonna happen. I actually would have had to. I would have had to delete like delete a tweet and then I contact Twitter to make sure it never surfaced in any screenshot ever again when When I said that he was threatening to miss the cut on his second round. Because he went bogey-bogey-double, and I thought he was going to pull the Camilo and uh, be first-round leader and then miss the cut.
1: And then he, shot like a, he hung in for like a 73 or something.
0: And I get uh, yeah, I get a lot of crap on Twitter from people, and no one reminded me of that tweet. I think everyone was still kind of like, yeah, that was still safe. I mean, no one else would have thought he would have bounced back from this. Or there's just not a lot of Andrew Landry fans that follow me. Well,
1: it's, it's funny because I hung out with uh, uh, Sean Martin of PJTour quite a bit throughout the week, and he's a huge uh, like amateur golf guy. He loves college golf and yeah. high school golf and whatever. And we were talking about uh, Ben Curtis winning because people were like, "Oh, Ben Curtis w- was a bigger w- would have been a, or was a bigger upset winning the British Open." And he's like, "Well, actually, Ben Curtis was ranked number one in the amateur world rankings back in." And I was like, "How do you know that?" <laughs>
0: I actually knew Ben Curtis. I didn't know him, but he grew up outside, just outside of Ohio. So everyone knew who he was. Um, and, like, we used to play his course. His parents owned a course, and we used to play it once a year, like, in a high school matches or tryout. And, like, he was a really good player, but, like, never, ever would have imagined that he would win a British Open. But I don't know how we got to that. We're talking about uh, Ben Curtis now and his yeah, his, his know, upbringing in mean, Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I shared a piece that you wrote on Lee Westwood riding uh, for DJ. Didn't that feel, it, to me, it felt, um, it didn't feel like that's something every PGA Tour player would do. It didn't feel normal at all. Um, that's also what made me feel so strongly about the ruling, is, was that um, the play, his playing partner was adamant about it. and it was, He was not like, a, well, he said no. He was like, no, this is the, this is the way it's going to be. Um did you did you feel that like that sense of support I guess for anyone that hasn't read the piece I guess break down what your overall summary was of the Lee Westwood situation
1: Yeah when I walked up on their group he was like he was kind of jawing with the usga guys that had basically just told dustin that he was maybe going to get a penalty afterwards like they were they were going back and forth pretty loudly and i i, I was like you know how you're supposed to like walk alongside the ropes at, yeah. a, at a tournament i was like veering towards them like down the middle of the fairway <laughs> just so i could <laughs> just so i could hear what they were saying and and at some point i was like i need to eject and get back over to the to the uh, to the ropes but uh he was you know, you could kind of pick up what he was saying. You could tell by his body language that it was like, this is absurd. Like, he, this this is not – he did not cause this to happen. Like, we already took care of it. And um, somebody mentioned this, and I didn't – I think somebody tagged both of us in it, but I didn't remember it. I mean, he was he was definitely, like, all in on doing whatever he could to help DJ the rest of the way. And, he, and even his caddy um, – I wrote about him, and I can't remember his name. But um, he – his caddy was like – you know, encouraging DJ and fist bumping him after, after big par saves. And they were pretty locked in to, to, to carrying DJ across the finish line. And, uh, some, the thing that somebody tagged us in was, I didn't realize this, but on 17, DJ or Westwood didn't mark his ball. Um, and DJ was hitting out of a bunker and I guess he was leaving it there so it could stop DJ's ball. If it went past the pin or something like that, was that, did that happen?
0: I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't remember what the sequence was. They may not have even showed Westwood's shot up to the green at that point because I don't. I'm not sure if he was in the top one twenty, top sixty at that point. Uh, I, I I did see that tweet and I didn't. I don't see it enough. And I, I we got a lot, a couple responses as well. I think people were saying that that actually was taking it too far, you know, and yeah. that he's not protecting the field. Uh, I kind of agree with that, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm all in on DJ, all in on Westwood, but. If he was potentially leaving his ball there to help his playing partner, but I, I don't agree with that. But I, it could yeah. have just been like that. He played a shot up to the green, and DJ plays fast. He didn't get up there to mark it yet. It was not in his way, and DJ played his shot before Westwood got a chance to mark it. I don't think like Westwood marked it, cleaned it, and then put it back down before DJ played. But I could be wrong. Right. I didn't see it. No,
1: but the, and that's sort of a that's a thing that players do sometimes, and and there's a lot of debate about. Like I'm not saying that he did that because DJ was leading, but I think a lot of players do it sometimes, just with whoever they're playing with, um, to be able to help him out. And people kind of go back and forth on whether or not that's right. And I probably fall more along the lines of view of like, well, this isn't like this isn't like best ball, like this isn't the Ryder Cup, <laughs> yeah. like you know, you're still trying to, to finish as best you can. But all that aside, like uh, Westwood and his caddy were super impressive. I talked to one of the uh, one of the scorers in their group afterwards, and. He said that Westwood had demanded to go in, like he was like irate after the round to go in and watch video of the putt uh, along with DJ, and and the USGA was like not letting him go in there, and he was like I, I'm I was there, like let me see, like he was like really, you know, upset about it, and I'm like, bro, you shot an eighty, like you shouldn't there's probably other stuff, you should. but but it was cool, like you're right, yeah. I don't I don't think everyone would have taken it as far as Westwood did,
0: yeah. No, I, I think, uh, I tweeted this as well, I said he's, I've always liked Westwood, but he went up a, a notch in my book, and I would, uh, yeah. I'd, I wouldn't necessarily have been rooting for him at Troon over anyone else, but now I'd I'd like to see him win at Troon, I think, the the feeling I got for DJ finally getting off the hump, like, I feel like I need to root for more of these guys to get off the hump, because it really, yep. I, I, I'm not personally affected by this, and it still kind of moved me a little bit, which is kind of weird to say, but, um,
1: no, I mean, the 18th hole, that was that was a thing. Like
0: but wasn't was not It It was a moment. It, it was. Yeah. It was
1: incredible. It was incredible to watch the second shot. You knew it was over. It it was really cool, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was really a, a neat deal for him.
0: I asked Tron about this, what he thought about the vibe of the tournament. It's hard for us to experience, and I I want to give uh, leeway, and maybe Fox's mics just don't pick it up as well, but. Was it loud out there? It didn't feel loud on TV, As, even even on eighteen. And I'm kind of watching from a ghetto setup over here, but um, was it? <laughs> I don't want to explain to you how I watch the golf because it's kind of embarrassing. But uh, what, was it booming on that eighteenth hole? No,
1: no, it wasn't. And yeah. one of the problems at Oakmont is that the way the course is structured, they've got the eighteenth green right next to the tenth tee, right next to the twelfth tee, and so you can't. Um, you can't create a, an amphitheater like you did even at, uh, at Chambers Bay last year. Like, it's very, it's kind of like an L. Yeah. Like, it's like, like the, the uh, stands are in an L shape. And so it just, it's, it was never going to be as loud. And, and I think the, what made it really eerie is that like the back nine on, when the leaders got on the back nine and then uh, Dustin got the penalty and all that. Nobody was really scoring, like nobody was making birdies or eagles, and so it was kind of quiet throughout until Dustin got to like the last three holes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the very end was was definitely not what it was last year, like when Spieth made birdie or anything like that.
0: Did you feel like after the cr- the crazy conversation on twelve happened, did you feel like DJ was going to let it slip away? Um. Yeah, I, I
1: I think I did. I, I can't remember my exact. F- I, I was more like just staring at Twitter and how hilarious everything was. Uh, <laughs> like just in awe of Rory just going guns blazing oh, at
0: the god. <laughs> he added them. He added them twice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love. I forgot. I think Van Valkenburg said it, but Rory does not subtweet. That was that was
0: good. <laughs> that was Chris Chaney that said that one. Okay, right, yeah, that was it. awesome. Yeah, that was um, a really good one.
1: But yeah, I, I think I probably thought he was going to let it slip away. But I, I but at the same, I, I, there was a part of me like I, I you're going to be upset that I'm saying. There's a part of me that thought Scott Piercy was going to win.
0: It was uh, if you're watching the broadcast, you probably didn't think that because he I don't think he made a bogey <laughs> through like 14 <laughs> holes. And they like kind of stopped showing him. It was kind of weird um i it would have been like a really quiet, really quiet win if he did because he was just he was not the story at all. Shane Lowry had the four shot lead D j had the big ruling incident
1: well, it, it was it was hilarious because on Saturday night, a bunch of us were at the hotel just discussing like what the craziest thing that could happen on Sunday was and what we landed on was dj making a hole in one at 17 for <laughs> for, a, for an albatross and then uh double bugging 18 to 18 this <laughs> time and so and so while all this was going on it was like wow we didn't even consider this this would be worse he's going to have to like he's going to have to decide whether or not he wins to the tournament <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that I tweeted that. I was like, this could literally come down to him deciding on his own, which yeah. it turned out the USGA was going to decide the ruling on their own. But um, yeah, if he was going to have to make the decision on his own, that would have been the most awkward win of all time. I think he still would have yeah. gotten like full endorsement from everyone if he have said, no, it's not a penalty. But
1: Which by the way, it, it, that would have been like the ultimate way for Sergio to win his first major. <laughs> Like the like, ultimate asterisk,
0: the, yeah, exactly. Nobody giving him credit for it. was <laughs> DJs major, you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I know your answer to this one, but who of anyone who disappointed you, of, if anyone, this week? Um, uh,
1: that's a good question. I I, I guess Rory. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm of the opinion, and I've been saying this for probably two years. Like, I don't think he's ever going to win U S open again. Um, but it's just a, like, uh, he's just fun. Like, I just want to watch him play. I want to, I want to watch him in contention. Like it just, it, it's like a fraction of what Tiger was. It's just more fun when he's playing well. And uh, I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody ejects when the grind is on like Rory. Ejects. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he is not a grinder. And I've never heard yeah. anyone call him a grinder. Um,
1: but he kind of made you and he does he does this so often he made you he made you believe a little bit on the back nine on uh whenever, the second round whenever yep. he played it he when he went out in thirty one you're like ah is sixty four in play like what's gonna happen here and he just i don't know it, it's that's probably a whole other podcast i've got some i've got some emotional issues i need to deal with <laughs> uh i just i
0: I, I know it's only been six majors since Rory last won his major. Um, it probably it feels like a lot longer. Um, he didn't even play in one of those majors. Um, it's just the, uh, the bounce the bounce back performance we saw from Jason Day after a tough first day or first nine. I don't even remember exactly. Is what we expect from Rory, and we don't really get it. And I know it's kind of become a running joke about him top backdoor to top tening all this stuff, but. I mean, it, he he won the Irish Open on the European Tour, but he hasn't won, when was his last win, La- match play last year?
1: Uh, Wells Fargo last year.
0: Wells Fargo last year, okay. So not that long ago, but still kind of, it's like, uh, for a guy that's you know a top five player in the game, and we want him to be this number one player again, it's just a, it doesn't Feel like it's that that close to me. You know what I mean? It's just too many mistakes. It's too much up and down. It's kind of the same way I get when I'm watching Justin Thomas. I mean, he led the field this week in birdies or better, yeah, um, Yeah. but just gave too many shots away. And that um, I don't know. I I kind of we you and I were both super excited for Rory's season coming into it, and the excitement's tapered off a little bit for me because I just don't think that something's I don't know something's still missing there. I'm not sure what it is.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think about this a lot more than I probably should, and uh, I, I, if if he wins the British and the PGA, I'm going to ask for you to erase this podcast entirely. Okay. Um, but there's a part of me that just—I'm just curious about how—I um, don't know, like how, I don't want this to sound hot takey, but just how much he cares.
0: Yeah, like, yeah.
1: and and I don't mean that in like, oh, he doesn't care about golf, but just like. I, I think my, where I land on Rory is like he's a first round, um, like his first round defines his tournament. Like if he if he goes out and he and he sees that he's locked in, he, he mentally engages. And if he doesn't, then it's just like well whatever. And then his talent takes over on Saturday or whatever. And he finishes backdoor top 10. And I, I don't know. He's just, he's such a front runner that it gets frustrating sometimes when he doesn't jump out front and can't call his way back into the tournament like a Jason Day or a Jordan Spieth does.
0: Yeah. No, I'm still picking him for the British, despite me just going on like a minute and a half random. Does, he doesn't feel close. I'm By the still... way, uh,
1: you were, uh, I meant to say this up front, but uh, your call of. The greens not mattering at Oakmont. Ricky Fowler, you you said that I think in January. I when you said when you said DJ would win. Ricky Fowler said the exact same thing basically on Saturday when he missed the cut. He's like the greens don't matter here. Yeah, Um, it's it's all about where you drive it and where you hit it. And he's like people are just not going to make many putts, and so you just got to put yourself in a good position. And that's exactly what DJ did.
0: Um, Before I could take full credit for that, I I feel like I need to be honest and come clean in that. I was, like, kind of joking when I said that. <laughs> and then, I mean, I, I there was some serious nature to it, but it was kind of like, the, like the, I just went with this complete backwards logic. Everyone was talking about the greens at Oakmont, and I'm kind of like, well, if they're just that fast, maybe it just will neutralize everything. And so, and I wanted DJ to win so badly that I just kind of worked that into my take, and that, yeah, maybe the greens won't even matter. But no, 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 I totally called that. I totally knew that the greens were they, uh, not bad. How about Oakmont? How
1: about... Uh, Oakmont? Uh, how about... I was thinking about this, like the way that these tournaments play out. Like if you t- if you went back and looked at like who the fifty four hole leader was at, at all the Oakmont U S Opens, I bet you'd be, I bet it would be a list of pretty crappy winners. But somehow, after seventy two holes, it's produced these just epic champions. Uh, you know, Nicholas Hogan, um, Ernie Els, Dustin. I mean, these are these are like dudes, and it, it's just I don't. I'm so fascinated with, like, and I want to do a post on, like, you know, what would happen if a tournament was 70 holes, or, like, like why is it 72, and why does that seem to produce the right guy more often than not at major championships?
0: No, that's a really good point. Um, It kind of, I mean, let's be honest for a second, if Shane Lowry would have won this, and that's no disrespect to Shane Lowry, I know he's a fantastic player, but from an American fan perspective, and I know European listeners like to get on me for not giving enough credence to European players, but... For American fans, just the nature of the beast is we pay attention to the PGA Tour, and we even, but we are familiar with the European guys that play the PGA Tour. Like uh, I'm a fan of Lee Westwood. He, he doesn't play a lot on the tour this year, but he has in the past. Um, it would have been a tough start to the year if it went Danny Willett, Shane Lowry in the first two majors.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and a tough start to the, the Ryder Cup, which is coming up. By the way. I want to tell you this real quick. There was another writer this week that called uh, – so Chris Wood won the uh, BMW PGA Championship. Yep. And he called Chris Wood a world rankings points thief at the US Open. <laughs> like I'm not going to say who said it, but as he said it, I was like I can't wait to tell Solid <laughs>
0: uh did you i'm sure i know you listened to the uh, podcast with charles howell i was surprised how open he was about the world ranking points i just asked him like he
1: he was basically like he well he didn't say this but he essentially said yeah if i went to europe i'd probably win a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so accurate i'm sorry it really is uh and and yeah i thought it was interesting to get a player's perspective on that but um, I have a couple questions for you from some listeners and readers that, um, let's do it. it's funny. I, you know, we had this amazing tournament as a major event and the overwhelming amount of questions that I got were about you playing Oakmont on Monday. So, yeah, let's um, let's go. the first one comes from divot free zone, which is uh awesome handle by the way, Kyle, how will you explain to your kids laying up on a par three?
1: i just show him the uh, the photoshop that you made with the crying Jordan on my head. <laughs> All right, so here here's my defense.
0: Oh no. Here's my defense. We're playing we're playing from the
1: <laughs> So so your your whole thing is stay in your lane, right? Like <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like if Rory's like three ninety out, you're like, okay, that's stupid. Don't go for the green,
0: right? Yep. Yep.
1: My lane is not a 299 yard three wood. Like that is not a lane that I that I drive my car in. Um, and we're playing from the Sunday tees, so it's playing 299. And so I'm thinking, okay, what's the best way to make par? Hit a four iron wedge in and try to make a putt. Like I'm not gonna. I'm trying to post a score. I'm trying to beat Lee Westwood here because we're because we're playing from the Sunday tees and the Sunday pins. <laughs> And I par number one. I'm like, I'm going to shoot a 42 and, and tweet it. And tweet it at Westwood. I'm going to tweet my scorecard at Lee Westwood.
0: <laughs> this is, is that. Why you wrote the very glowing column about him so you could get away with uh, tweeting your score <laughs> at him?
1: <laughs> so that's my defense on why I laid up on a par three. Now, I, it, it, of course, I went on to make double bogey. So
0: you get what you, you get. Get exactly what you pay for. Yeah. Um, Ken Ryan wants to know. <laughs> sorry. I read this twice, and I still can't get through it. Uh, how many penalties would the USGA have dished out at SB2K16? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. You do have to have an answer to that. Uh, did your perspective on Oakmont change at all after playing it?
1: Yes, definitely. In what the way? Greens, the greens were easier than I thought they would be. Wow. Um, they didn't cut them or roll them, so maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, but the, the, uh, the caddy that we had said they were still rolling about a 12, which sounds really fast. And it was fast, but it wasn't – the only other course that I've played that's nice like that is uh, Colonial. And I thought they rolled about the same as that. And you know it's going to be fast. But the thing about those those courses and those greens, if you hit the line, it's yeah. going in. So pure. And 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 people, I think that's what people don't realize. They think it's like playing at their muni with fast greens, which would be just a disaster. But if you hit the right line, you you know it's going in. But the the thing that was tougher than I thought uh, was the rough. I, I mean, if you if you didn't hit the I, I, I couldn't. I mean, I took a, a couple of quads because I couldn't get out of the rough around the green. And, and you know, finally we talked about how you, you kind of have to do it by just by just turning your club over a little and acting like you're hitting out of the sand uh, because otherwise it just eats it up. I mean, it was so it was so long and so difficult. Uh, and I can see why Jim Furyk and Dustin Johnson Finished one two based on their drives and and approaches because that's that's the way you win that tournament. And Mm -hmm. and so I think it's I actually think it's cool because I I like it when courses produce those kinds of champions.
0: Can we just talk about real quick how you went from saying uh, you wanted to break Lee Westwood's score to just sprinkling in, made a couple quads. You know, that's how I made a couple quads.
1: (laughs) Well, that was on the back nine, so I was I was locked in on the front.
0: Uh, Adam Kramer at Kegs and Eggs wants to know: Was there a club twirl on the par three layup?
1: Uh oh, that's cold.
0: That would have been like double disrespecting me if you'd have laid up yeah. and then club twirled on it. Yeah, so. that's pretty cold. Okay. There was not. Okay,
1: I did. I did uh, tip the cap to the highway.
0: <laughs> I, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> that was well played. Uh, Jay Rigdon wants to know: Do you guys think, as I do, that Dustin wouldn't have so quickly accepted penalty had it mattered?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he was. I mean, that's that's DJ though. Like, he's just like whatever. Like, give me the trophy, let's get out of here. Yeah, I don't I mean, care. He, how much
0: he, I win by he dropped, exactly.
1: He, he dropped a uh, he dropped an f bomb in his in his uh, press conference afterwards.
0: I saw that. That was fantastic.
1: Yeah, like he was like just you know whatever. I'm out. Like, let's go home. So yeah, I, I definitely think he would have been. I mean, I, I don't he's not the kind of guy that i mean he he's like the the opposite of Gary Player right like he has no idea how many wins he has or what his <laughs> scores were or, or whatever like
0: yes.
1: seriously i've won like, 165 I've,
0: tournaments worldwide
1: yeah well yeah and and the other day Gary Player was quoted as saying he's hit 11.2 million balls in his career that <laughs> Dustin doesn't even know to, like, the nearest 100,000.
0: I don't know to my nearest 100,000. Who counts how many balls they've hit in their career? Well,
1: yeah, but... but the answer
0: to that is gay like, Player, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, he, like Dustin just is like, I don't care what my score was. Like, I just want the money, and, you know, let's go home.
0: Um, uh, do you, Matt Golden asks, is the USGA actually feeling the weight of practically all players and media turning on them so quickly?
1: I don't. I don't see how they couldn't. But somebody told. I was talking to somebody on Monday who said that like the USGA was sort of unaware of what was happening. Like they didn't know that Rory was like dropping napalm on their headquarters. Didn't
0: <laughs> <They're> <laughs> anybody reading their mentions?
1: I, I guess not. Or like the person who was was maybe too scared to tell anybody. I, I don't know. Um, but it is interesting. It's it's so it's so funny that like the the medium through which all these players communicate to the usga is twitter it's like well this is, it's just it's such a weird like time that we live in and you know what other sport would this happen in like it, it just it. i don't know it, it's it was pretty crazy but uh i don't know how the, and i think that's why you saw the apology come on monday night because i think they sort of figured out all the backlash they were getting yeah and then you know put out the apology
0: um, do you think the, uh, Matt Lutz wants to know, will the USGA change how they prepare opens after everyone tore them a new one, perhaps finally rein in the ball? Um, the ball is the thing for me. I don't
1: know that, uh, I don't know that they need to prepare the US Open any differently. Uh, I guess you could slow the greens out, but it's the ball. I mean... And, and the, well, this goes back to what we were talking about. Like, it, it's not fun for us to see Jason Day hit a two iron, two iron like 295, yeah. but for some reason, it is fun to see Rory hit a three wood like 320, you know? <laughs> and so, like, we, we sort of like contradict ourselves, but I do think that you solve so many issues by just pulling back the ball a little bit. Like, you solve uh, architecture issues on courses, you solve uh, just so many different things that people complain about. It's it's a very simple solution, and I, I guess I don't really understand why why it hasn't been done yet.
0: Yeah, back. to I remember what I was going to say. Now back to um, I think the I think Rory being like the first one to come out and shred them kind of caused a domino effect a little bit with the players coming out and ripping them. I don't think Brant Snedeker standing up really firmly. And all these guys coming in and raining on them, if it wasn't for Rory and his three million followers, just just laying waste to the place, so...
1: So you don't make Jason Kokrak tweeting something was, like, a big deal?
0: (laughs) Bowditch weighed in on it, too. He said... They need to send DeChambeau in there to give him a physics lesson.
1: (laughs) That was amazing!
0: (laughs) That was great.
1: That made me... That made me like him a lot. Like, that was really good.
0: Bowdo is supposedly the man, and, uh, uh... I, I kind of feel bad for always making fun of him for shooting eighty, but he is supposedly the man. But yeah. um do you think do you does this uh tournament have any impact on you? I know you tweeted the Ryder Cup standings earlier for the US. Do you think that has any impact on how the team's gonna play out, the competition at all? I know it's still kind of far in advance, so I try not to look at it too much, but did it have any yeah. impact on you?
1: No no, not not this single tournament, but I'm just I'm getting very concerned. Um Really? I was with you – I stood with you in, like, February, and I, in my head – I don't know if I ever wrote this, but I predicted – I was like, the U.S. is going to roll. Like, they're going to rout the, the Europeans. And now with the way Ricky's playing and Bubba's not really playing that great and Speed is kind of just – I don't know. He finished T37. Like, he's a, a little up and down, I guess. But I don't know. Like, I'm getting very concerned about the U.S.'s chances in the Ryder Cup.
0: Elephant in the room, Ricky might need a captain's pick.
1: I know. He's down to eight. he's he's the last guy right now. Or maybe seven. There's still just seven.
0: so much that can happen though. I think Kepka went from like eighth to third in the standings this week. The three through like twelve guys are all still really bunched up. Like it Yeah. Um I I, I don't think it's gonna be too controversial who ends up getting on this team. I'm a bit concerned. Part of me wants to, the, the the rosy side of me wants to say um, that it's still early, and we want guys peaking at the right time. And whether Bubba's peaking in midsummer, it doesn't really matter that much. But um, I don't know. <laughs> There's like a new European popping, and I don't mean I, I, don't, I mean this in the like getting our attention from the American side, like as being a true player on the world stage. There does seem to be like a new European breaking through and popping, like Will winning the Masters, Lowry almost winning the U.S. Open. These aren't the top five guys that we're like afraid of on the European side.
1: Well, and and they're, and they're guys that you're like they're not guys that you're not worried about. They're guys that you're like, I could see him winning like four matches in the Ryder cup. You know, like I can see like Matthew Fitzpatrick just coming out and just housing Bubba and Bubba like questioning his birth certificate or something. You know, like I, I, like there's just stuff like just the way they play, the way they carry themselves. Like Shane Lowry is going like Shane Lowry will win matches at the Ryder cup. Like I, I would like bet money on it right now. And, that's I think that's the part that is uh, that's a little bit concerning if you're a us fan
0: I always wondered I'm sure it's like in the bylaws or something where do they where do they draw the line for what Europe is because like if you like look up Europe on Wikipedia <laughs> like think about it like uh like technically countries like uh, Azerbaijan and like Turkmenistan like if you on Wikipedia are part of Europe like what happens like is is Russia like what if a player comes from like like Eastern Russia, are they in Europe? Are they, can they play on the European team?
1: Well, and what about like British colonies?
0: I don't think. Like, yeah, that's a good question. Like uh, like the Falkland Islands or whatever. Um,
1: like, we're going to see. I'm surprised they never tried to like uh, like get VJ, like sneak VJ into the. <laughs> into the right or
0: the British uh, Virgin Islands. Like, what if somebody grew up half on the British Virgin Islands and half on the US Virgin Islands? How do they determine what team they go on?
1: Yeah, and do we get to use? Does the U.S. get to use like Puerto Ricans? Does that count?
0: I would think so. I don't know. It's a com- It's a Commonwealth, isn't it? What about like American Samoa? Uh, we're, okay, we're going too far. Do you, it,
1: do you think? <laughs> do you think Bubba? Do you think Bubba has ever
0: been to Turkmenistan? Oh, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he. Right,
1: he's,
0: <laughs> he didn't like Paris.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, I do have to we we roll on Bubba and he's an easy target or whatever but um, I gotta give him props for being out there and congratulating DJ I thought that was kind of cool I don't know maybe some people don't think that's cool but I thought that was maybe maybe people think he's like making it about him but I thought that was that was kind of neat because I don't think that you see like Rory's not doing that like Rory's like on you know Air Nike 1 just peace out Um, so I don't know I, I like that
0: I uh, I don't dislike it part, it, but yeah, I'm kind of in the boat of I don't know if he's if that's self serving. I have no idea what his relationship is like with Dustin Johnson. I can't imagine that they're that close, and uh, but I mean I've I got no. It's partially cool, partially self serving in my opinion. But yeah. uh, a longtime fan writes in. Um, his name is Kevin Van Volkenberg. He wants to know real quick. Who do you like in a push up contest for a major? Gary Player or the field?
1: I actually like William McGirt if it's a push-up contest.
0: (laughs) I'll see you on the first team, McGirt. (laughs) Uh, Very final question. This is not a reader question. Um, I'm asking you to to lock your pick in for Troon right now.
1: I'm uh, currently Bacon Sarson and I are are bailing water out of our canoe and putting it in bags for Sarson to take back to
0: Canada (laughs) because I'm taking Sergio Garcia. Oh, my God. If any like if anything would trigger like be making more confidence in a Sergio pick, it's Dustin Johnson winning a major in glorious yeah. fashion. Really,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like and and Sergio's playing really well. I mean, he won, obviously won the Byron Nelson, contended here, and he didn't. I mean, here's the thing: like he didn't melt down. Like he just was a couple shots short. Like he didn't. And, and maybe you can say, like, okay, well, he wasn't leading at the time or whatever, but he played pretty well on, on Saturday and Sunday, and he just, you know, didn't get it done. So I, I want it to happen. I hope it happens. So I usually pick who I, uh, who I would like to see win. So I'll go Sergio. True.
0: Locked in. Done. Kyle uh congratulations on another great week i know um i know those weeks are a lot of fun i would i need to make it to one of these majors like for a whole week at some point and hang out with you all you guys it seems like a lot of fun so
1: yeah that would be that would be spectacular
0: trying to you're not going to troon are you
1: no i'm not i'm going uh we've actually got uh, robbie our other guy going to baltus all, and then i'm going to the Ryder cup
0: nice so nice. Sweet. all right Mr. Porter, thank you for your time. Um, uh, please, guys, check out the piece I shared that he wrote on Lee Westwood. It is a really good one. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Um, it won't be too long before we catch up again, I imagine, because major season's pretty crazy this year. But
1: uh, yeah, last last thing I'd like to say my my drive on eighteen at Oakmont. Uh, it got cut off a little early. I think I did uh, twirl my
0: club at the very end. <laughs> it was slow motion video. I did see it was cut off. I, I I tried to slow down the frames at the very end to see if I could see a hint of a club <laughs> twirl. And I didn't see it. But uh, I, I I do believe you. I do believe you got a little sauce in you. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Cool. All right, buddy. Next time, uh, talk to you. Hopefully, Sergio Garcia, for your sake, is a major champion. So Absolutely. Talk to you later. Take care. Uh,